Hey, King of the Cast fans, it's Rick here again with another episode of Four Questions. Hopefully these episodes are helping fill the void during this pandemic, and soon enough the entire cast will be back together to crown a new King of the Cast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at King of the Cast. Send us some questions, or if you'd like to be a guest on one of these Four Questions episodes, please shoot me a message and we'll see what we can work out. But for now, enjoy this episode of Four Questions with Zach Albaba. Welcome to King of the Cast, a wrestling podcast by fans for fans. Uh, we're here today with another special episode of Four Questions, and joining me today is a good friend of mine, Mr. Zach Albaba. Zach and I have known each other, we figure, for about seven years now, and uh, like I said in the last episode, one of the greatest things about being a professional wrestling fan is the community that it creates, and I've been blessed throughout my life to run into professional wrestling fans just about everywhere. Zach and I met a few years ago when I was actually... Uh, when he was doing his student teaching, and he was actually doing his student teaching at my school, and I was his student teaching mentor. And I'm very proud of him and the career he has uh, gone on to after that time. Um, I'd like to take a little bit of credit for that, but um, he was well on his way before he met me. Um, so, Zach, uh, when you get uh, so happy for you to be here today and, and join me on my podcast, we'll talk a little bit of wrestling, and we'll do the four questions, and we'll see how this thing goes. Um, but before Absolutely. That, Awesome. But before that, I want you to kind of tell me, like, I always ask everybody kind of how they got started into, into professional wrestling or how they, why it's, uh, what's drawn them to uh, the business um, throughout their lifetime or uh, made them a fan. So if you kind of share that with the um, King of the Cast audience for me and uh, let us kind of know what made you a great wrestling fan. Yeah, so um, I'm actually, I guess you say newer to wrestling. Um, I didn't start watching until 2003. Um, so I, I think WrestleMania 20 was the first WrestleMania that I ever watched. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm really late into the game as compared to a lot of wrestling fans, but, um, 2003 has actually been a while. Um, ever since then, I've been off and on watching, um, as I've heard a lot of your other guests have, have done, um, just have on and off periods watching. Um, but 2003 really, really sparked um, my interest in wrestling. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, um, JBL, all those guys back in that back in that time. Um, I guess it was the ruthless aggression era of WWE. Um, just, just the way they had stories going on and the talent in the ring, the athletic talent in the ring that was going on, um, just really drew me in. Um, as a middle school-aged kid and back in 2003, uh, and I've been hooked ever since. Um, actually met my best friend um, through wrestling. Uh, and he's still my best friend to this day, um, Corey Loss, and I'll talk about him here in a little bit. Um, he actually did a little bit of local wrestling here in the East Tennessee area. Uh, his wrestling name was Tsunami Kid, and he actually got me into doing some announcing for some of the local um, local promotions that he works for. So, um, just, just it, wrestling has really impacted my life. Just being able to meet friends and, and connect with people, just like you said, I mean, you connected over wrestling as well as PE and other things. Um, just, just the way it brings people together and it, it does solidify that sense of community with other people, I think is, is, and the storytelling and athleticism all together just really, draws me in and I've been hooked ever since. 
Now, back when we used to sit at the table together during planning period and work on things, sometimes I'd notice, and uh, nah, I know we did play a little bit of, then we used to play some Family Feud on your phone. Is that us? Oh, yeah. We played yeah. some Family Feud. We played some WWE Supercard. Um, we'd, we'd play a few games back then. Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of WWE Supercard, I'd like to give a little shout-out to my, my buddy Aaron Rose, who was on the last, um, on the last podcast. Uh, he's a big WWE Supercard guy, too. Um, you might want to check out his uh, his YouTube channel. It's called uh, I think it's called like Tiny's uh, Video Adventures or um, Tiny's Gaming Adventures. Tiny's, yeah, Tiny's Gaming Adventures. You have checked it out. Tiny's Gaming Adventures, and um, on there he does WWE Supercard with a um, group of people, and uh, it's a pretty neat little show about that game. And uh, just kind of getting started right now. I think he's on like episode eight or nine or something like that. So. Um, People out there who uh, like uh, WWE Supercard to check out uh, Tiny's Gaming Adventures on YouTube. But um, anyway, yeah, I, uh, I remember that uh, playing Family Feud on the on the phone and uh, and watching you play some WWE Supercard. I'm, my gaming days have uh, dwindled a bit. I still play Madden. I know you. I know you play a lot of Madden as well. Oh yeah. I'm still stuck. My other friends are getting on me because they say I'm stuck in 2018. I'm still playing Madden 18. Um, <laughs> Uh, but uh, I'll eventually get 20, I guess, and uh, and play a little bit. But um, anyway, that's just kind of where I'm at. I haven't played a wrestling video game in a long, long time. I think the last one I purchased was probably for the PS3 and was disappointed in it. So I uh, I kind of stopped with the wrestling games. But um, anyway, that's just kind of a side note there. But um, today we're going to do our four questions. I'm going to shoot you four questions about professional wrestling, and you're going to shoot me four questions about professional wrestling. And uh, we'll see where it takes us and the discussion that happens. And hopefully people out there enjoy what they hear. Um, and if they do, they'll send us some messages on Facebook and Twitter at King of the Cast. And uh, feel free to send us questions on there, send us uh, suggestions. You can even, if someone out there is interested in wanting to be on the show, send me a message and we'll see what we can do. In this time of the pandemic, we do a lot of this just right over the Internet or through the phone, and um, that's the best thing we can figure out how to do right now to get some content out there and entertain the people, give you something to listen to. So uh, send me a message if you want to be on the show. I'll see what we can work out. But anyway, Zach, let's go ahead and get started with these four questions. And All right. uh, be prepared here. To um, I'm not trying to stump you or anything, I promise. I'm just trying to uh, get you to talk about wrestling and then see what happens. But um, first I'm going to ask you is... Uh, Kind of goes back to what I know about your background, and I know that you worked uh, for the University of Kentucky football program. Um, yeah. I know that uh, you got to interact with some of the athletes along the way while you were there. And um, if those out there who are University of, of football, uh, University of Kentucky football fans like myself, um, know that we had a had a senior this last year who was really into wrestling, and that's Mr. Cash Daniel. And he would do his uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin impressions and so forth, and got a little bit of a little bit of fame there from that. And unfortunately, Mr. Daniel did not get drafted into uh, the NFL yet. And as of right now, I don't believe he's signed a free agent contract either. Um, so the rumors running around here are that he might pursue the wrestling business. So what my question is to you is: Do you think Cash would be successful in the business? And if and also. Were there any players at the time you worked with the team that you thought would be great as professional wrestlers? Okay, so I think Tasha Daniel would be awesome as a wrestler. He has the charisma. He has the attitude. 
um, that, that just that tough mentality, um, that, that blue collar, the blue collar work ethic, just real motivated to push himself. Um, I think he also has the connections too, because I think he connected with um, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson via Twitter. Um, and um, last I heard that he was he he was actually talking to them about possibly getting into some training, um, some some in ring training. So I definitely think that he would be excellent at uh, being being a wrestler, just between his toughness, his his athletic drive. And just just his personality, I really think he would be successful as an in-ring performer. Um, when I was when I was with the football team, let's, let's see here. I'm trying to think of any wrestler, any guys that would be good um, good wrestlers. Uh, I, I remember. I'll bring up one of my favorite memories from um, from being on the football team was we were playing Georgia, I don't remember what year, but we were playing Georgia down in Athens. And um, Steve Borden, which I don't know if you knew, Steve Borden was a tight end for UK. His dad was actually uh, Steve Borden Sr., who is Sting from WCW. Um, And so um, Sting was down in the lobby of the hotel when we were going to eat, which was normal seeing him around because his son played football uh, for UK. We went to Joe's Crab Shack, me and a couple other guys from the team. And I remember I got a call from one of the guys who said, you need to come back to the hotel immediately. Um, And I was like, why? And he's like, just finish your meal up, hurry up and come back to the lobby. Well, I get back to the lobby and in the lobby is standing... Uh, Sting, and besides Sting as an older gentleman with blonde hair, instantly recognizable. It's the nature boy, Ric Flair. Oh, my God. And um, all the players were lining up to meet him, get pictures. Uh, I remember one of our uh, secondary players, Fred Tiller, said, I want a chop from Ric Flair. So he got in line, and he asked Rick to give him a chest chop, and Rick chopped the heck out of him it, it vibrated through the whole lobby of the hotel um and him and rick both went woo together so um i i think i think steven borden think steve borden jr i think obviously um just having that in his blood having the wrestling business in his blood i think he would be an excellent performer following in the footsteps of his bad thing um and then a couple of other guys you know like i mentioned fred tiller just having that tough mentality, um, you know, in, enjoying that interaction with with the professional wrestlers. Um, I, I, I think I think there'd be a few of them. I think there'd be a few of them, but I think those two, Fred Tiller and Steve Borden, I think obviously um, would definitely have it in them. Yeah, I'd kind of forgotten about the about uh, Sting's son playing for UK. I remember it now, and I remember that Sting would be at the games. Um, people that show up on people's social media who are taking pictures with him and things like that uh, when his son was here. I, uh, thanks for reminding me about that. Um, uh, I, like I said, kind of forgotten about it a little bit. Uh, the time kind of flies by on me. Um, but you also, you were there when uh, Bud Dupree was there, right? Yeah, I was there when Bud Dupree was there. Um, me and Bud were really close, actually. And um, to this day, um, I've got three flags hanging in my room 
Um, I've got um, a UK flag in the middle, a Denver Nuggets flag on the right, and a Steelers flag on the left. So um, I'm really big fans of Bud Dupree. I think he would be excellent in the business too. He he has a awesome personality, just fun. Um, I, th- I think yeah, that'd be another one too. But yeah, I was there when Bud was there. Yeah, I, I tell you, it's been tough for me with so many Wildcats going to the Steelers. I was, you know, raised to to not care for the Steelers, to be a nice way to put it. But I, I'll be honest, this uh, this last year, I sure watched a lot of Steeler football uh, to try to uh, to see Bud because he's just a tremendous a tremendous player, and um, and also and then try to sneak a peek at Benny Snell if he got in the ball game too. So um, I'm kind of be, uh, become one of those people who's watching a lot of Steelers games. Uh, because of the UK connection, but uh, it's been cool to see so many guys get into the league from UK from from the time you were there and then beyond uh, has really been a great time for us as a program. So it's been cool to see those guys make it. But I was hoping Cash would get a look at the NFL and maybe he still will. But if not, maybe we'll see him on uh, on AEW or WWE or wherever. Uh, hopefully um, in the in the future. That'd be really cool. I agree. I think it'd be awesome. He's definitely got the connections and the personality and the athleticism. All right. Well, that uh, brings me on to another question uh, for you. So question number two. If you know, most of us, have, you know, obviously uh, you said you kind of got into wrestling a little late, but uh, those of us who kind of started watching as little kids, we always imagined ourselves as wrestlers um, or a manager or an in-ring or some type of in-ring performer within the business. And so my question for you is, um, if you were able to become a manager in professional wrestling and create a stable of wrestlers of four, we'll just say four as the classic stable of four, um, wrestlers would be from, it can be from current wrestlers or wrestlers from when you were, uh, growing up. What would you think were the four wrestlers you pick to be in your stable? Well, I will probably go with my favorites, and I'll talk about why they're my favorites. Um, I've got to go with my absolute favorite wrestler of all time, and that is Chris Jericho. Um, the, the man has reinvented himself countless times. Um, he's talented in the ring and out of the ring. Um, me and my wife actually went to a Fozzie concert here in Knoxville a couple, couple years ago. Um, and, um, I, I just really wanted to meet Chris Jericho. She had bought the Fozzie tickets for my birthday. And when I noticed that Fozzie was doing a meet and greet before the concert, I had to grab, I had to grab that. It was like a hundred dollars a ticket for the meet and greet, but it was really cool because I think it was me, my wife, and maybe five other people. And he, he did a private show for us. We, we got to bring wrestling stuff, have him sign it, um, and we just got to sit around and talk with him. And one of the nicest guys I've ever met, um, just excellent in-ring talent, being able to change himself to adapt to the way the industry is um, when he's in it, I think is just amazing. Um, so my number one would be Chris Jericho. Um Another another person I would probably pick is Kane, uh, another one of my favorites growing up. Um, I actually, I don't know if you knew this or not, but um, I, I work in Knox County as a teacher, and um, Glenn Jacobs, Kane, is actually the mayor of Knox County. That's right. So um, that I, I, I have, I've gotten to interact with him a few times, it, not only 
in the wrestling world, but as the mayor of the county I work in. Um, one of the cool, cool stories I tell people is he came to induct some of my students into the student government at our school. And um, in, in, in my gym walks this seven-foot guy. And I'm like, who is this? And I glance over, and it's Glenn Jacobs. It's Kane. Um, so I've, I've been able to interact with him a lot. Um, just the way he's performed over the past few years, you know, going from the masked cane to um, the big red machine to corporate cane um, up to the most recent um, encounter where he actually came on Raw when Raw came to Knoxville. I actually went to that, I think it was about a year ago now. Um, where R-Truth won the, um, or he beat R-Truth in Neyland Stadium, Tennessee's football stadium. So just being able to see him kind of change over the years has been awesome, and being able to interact with him not only as the mayor, um, but also as a wrestler, too. I, I'd probably add him, him in there as well. Um, number three would probably be one of my favorites growing up would be Booker T., um, I don't know what it was about him. I don't know if it was just his personality, um, how he'd open his eyes wide up when somebody would say something. Um, but I, I always loved Booker T. Um, and number four, oh, man, I'm struggling with number four. Let me think here for a minute. Number four would probably be, I would have to say, I'd go back to uh, your first question, probably say Sting. Um, Sting, Sting was an awesome talent, another WCW guy, just like Booker T was. Um, but just another awesome talent, so entertaining. Um, and also having that personal connection to him, um, I, I think, you know, just have, being able to have all four of those personal connections with those four, um, is just, is just amazing. And uh, that would be my reasoning as to why I'd pick those four to uh, manage in a faction. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Jericho. Um, Aaron mentioned Jericho in the last episode, too, where he had had an interaction with him when Aaron was first starting out in the business as an um, in-ring announcer some. And Jericho had remembered him as a, as a rookie announcer. And uh, so I think Jericho is just a tremendous talent. I think that... Uh, um, he just, like you said, he, he's played so many different characters. I really feel like WWE dropped the ball not passing the torch directly to Jericho from Cena. I felt like that would have been a good passing of the torch, and he could have uh, carried it. I know it was a little late in his career at that time, but um, when they were looking for somebody to, to do that, I think he would have been the perfect thing if they'd have let him loose. Um, yeah, of, I like, agree with you because he's, he's practically practically carrying um, AEW right now. Right, and I would say that, that him being there, you know, and somewhat legitimized the, them at first and gave them the boost they needed, and he didn't phone it in, man. He brought it and, uh, and has, like I said, has really helped with the launch of that company in, in a tremendous way. Um, and I, I just feel like that, they, they dropped the ball on him a bit. I mean, I know he had some great times in WWE as well, but I really feel like, I mean, I think he was, what, the first unified champion and, and stuff. So mm -hmm. they did great things with him and, you know, the whole Y2J stuff. But I just really feel like there was a time he could have really been the guy carrying, being this, you know, standard bearer type person for the WWE that he, he never got, in my opinion, that, that opportunity. 
um, to stint, and I felt like he really deserved. So uh, just a guy that I really enjoy watching in the ring. I've never got to meet. I would love to, so I'm kind of jealous of both of you all for having that opportunity. But, um, but man, just a great in-ring performer. But that was a great, that was a great pick of four guys. That'd be an interesting faction to see together: uh, Jericho, Kane, Booker T, and Sting. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's that's pretty cool. We um, uh, let me get on to question three, and that's going to be: What are you watching right now in wrestling? Like, if you were to tune in, are you watching WWE still, or are you have you gone on to AEW like so many fans, or are you still trying to keep track of both? Or what are you watching now in the world of wrestling? Uh, well, I have WWE Network, so I'll go back and watch some of the older stuff. Uh, just like I said at the beginning, even though I started back in 2003, I started watching wrestling a little later. Um, having the network, I think, is great for fans like me who necessarily didn't start growing, uh, you know, growing up as a young kid, like two or three or four, watching wrestling immediately. Um, like I said, I was in middle school when I started watching. So I have the WWE Network. I'll go back and watch the old classics. Um, Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan, you know, some of the some of the great matches from back in the day, and then you've got the Attitude Era, I'll watch some of that too. But as far as live, um, like what's going on right now, um, I'm really, really attracted to AEW, like I said, with Chris Jericho being my favorite wrestler, um, with him doing the Le Champion thing he's doing right now. Um, I, I just think AEW is really, really entertaining. Um, I think they are allowing their their um, wrestlers to be able to have more of a say-so in the way the story goes and the way the in-ring um, stuff goes. I find that really entertaining. Um, as far as WWE right now, I'm kind of on a downward slope. Um, with WWE, I go on and off, on and off, and I have since um, I started at Kentucky, uh, not, having able, not being able to access like TV and dorms and stuff like that. Um, so I've been on and off since about two, uh, 2009. But um, I've been watching a little bit of WWE. I honestly didn't watch WrestleMania this year. I, I just thought um, thought it was really weird having WrestleMania at the Performance Center with no fans. You know, you think the biggest show of the year, you know, we're used to them filling up a whole football stadium. And here it is you know, due to the current situation of the pandemic and all that, um, they had it at the Performance Center in Orlando with no fans. Uh, that, that, with, to me, having having wrestling fans in the crowd, I heard in your last show, too, having wrestling fans in the crowd, is just it, it can make or break a show. It really can. And um, so I honestly didn't watch WrestleMania. But right now I'm really watching AEW a lot. Um, watching a little bit of NXT maybe when um, like commercials go on AEW, um, so I'm I'm going back and forth a little bit right now. It's been surprising to me to see the ratings in, in that particular situation that NXT is still pulling in, um, and you know some weeks better ratings than AEW because I really feel like AEW's product is really good. Um, I don't know if it's the network that they're on or and that people aren't finding the product as easily or just not reaching as many homes but i really feel like they're doing probably the best job in the current situation of putting forth an entertaining product as well as um like i said i, I really feel like a lot of people if they're enjoying nxt which is the quality product too uh, i really feel like they'd enjoy AEW. so 
hoping more and more eyes will get on the product as uh, as it moves forward and they'll continue to be successful. I think it is a really a really fun product to watch. Um, so many people on here mention AEW, and uh, that's a good thing. So the wrestling fans are finding it, and hopefully they'll kind of get their find their um, their groove and in, in, in gaining you know new fans and, and young fans and stuff, so they can can keep it going. Um, I do love the Jericho character in AEW. I think it's wonderful, but man. You get on that network and go back. Jericho's a really cool guy to go back and watch stuff on the network. That guy can, get, oh yeah, he can get just about anything over, man. I mean, he can get, I mean, Rufus as his manager over. He can get a clipboard over uh, as uh, <laughs> as a character. I mean, he can. He is just a tremendous talent in the ring, and um, and like I said, what he's doing for AEW, I think, is is going to be so valuable to their company, but. Um, yeah, I've been I've been watching kind of a little bit of everything myself. Uh, I'm still, you know, I've always been a watcher of WWE's product, but I have this time right now has been difficult to watch. And you know, as I talked about in the last one, I did watch WrestleMania. It kind of gave me something to do and something to watch, but um, it was, certainly was not the same. Um, all right, my last question. You're on to question four. Oh boy. All right. It's not a big one. Since I already asked you about your stable, that was kind of your Mount Rushmore. So I'm not going to ask you that question that I ask so often. But um, what I am going to ask, though, is in your time of being a wrestling fan, it, you know, what shows you've attended. And this could be anything from a major show to an independent show. And just kind of give me like your best um, live experience with pro wrestling. Oh, man. I have been to anything from is like from local shows. Um, like I said, my buddy Corey Loss, my best friend, um, was a local wrestler here in the East Tennessee area for a while. Um, he wrestled for Tennessee Extreme Wrestling, and um, more recently, he wrestled for Ego Pro, both um, stationed out at East Tennessee area, and. Um, some of the coolest things I was able to do when he was working and doing that was I was invited to do ring announcing, um, ring announcing. And, um, also they made DVDs. So, um, I was able to do, um, commentary too, which was really fun. Um, all the way up to going to WWE raw SmackDown, um, live events, um, one of the coolest things I went to was I went to Backlash in Lexington. Um, I think it was 2006. Um, I think that was the year that Backlash was in Lexington. And um, went there at Rupp Arena. Uh, actually got those tickets for my birthday that year. Um, that was, I'm trying to remember who was in that triple threat match. I want to say it was Triple H. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I'd have to go back and look, and I don't have. I'm not. I was. I was. I'm not really good. I wish I was like Aaron and could just click, 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 and look something up. <laughs> I'm just not really quick at it. I was at that show, uh, but that that doesn't mean anything because unlike my friend Jason, if he'd been, I'm sure he was probably there too. He'd be like, "Oh, that was the match between so and so, so and so, and so and so." He'd probably know how long it lasted. Um, but I tend to live in the moment, so um, I don't really. I, I can't help you out. I'm sure yeah. us out here, and as soon as this gets on uh, out there on the internet, they'll immediately correct anything we get wrong. But uh, <laughs> that's just how this works. 
Yeah, I remember. I remember one match from that that, that was just. I've never seen anybody in wrestling do anything like this. I remember it was Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon as a tag team teaming up against Shawn Michaels and God. I don't remember if you remember that match, but that was that was interesting um, on on how they how they did that at that backlash. Um, so uh, I think that was that was really cool being able to experience a pay-per-view, especially being in Lexington. We don't really see a lot of the big like shows come to smaller, quote unquote, smaller towns like Lexington or Knoxville, where I live. You know, you usually think of like an Atlanta, Georgia or New York City or things like that. So I thought it was really cool to see backlash in Lexington, a big, big, well-known pay-per-view um from the biggest arguably the biggest wrestling company back in 2006 um i thought that was really cool um most recently um i went to raw in knox knoxville uh, i think it was about a maybe a little over or under a year ago um it's when rusev re-debuted um it's when cesaro uh re-debuted they had like two re-debuts in that episode um, it's when The Fiend and Seth Rollins was starting to wind up. Uh, the Fiend actually attacked Kane, masked Kane at that episode, um, which I honestly, uh, that's another thing. I think The Fiend is one of the best things WWE is doing right now. Um, just, just the way they have let Bray create that character and, and, and things like that. I, he's, he's, he's doing an amazing job, and I'm glad they were able to um, let him reinvent himself because I think he's one of the better talents in the WWE right now. Um, I loved when he was doing the Wyatt family, but anyway, I digress. Um, kind of getting a little off topic here, but that Raw, um, that Raw was really awesome. Being able to see Rusev re-debut, being able to uh, see the Fiend in person and him go up against Seth Rollins, see Kane come back in his quote-unquote hometown of Knoxville, um, those those are just some of my favorite um, events that I have that I have attended over the years. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing like going to live events, and I'm I'm so happy that you know I got to experience some here and there, and I I've talked about them through on different shows, and I'm sure I'll talk about them in the future. But there's just nothing like it. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a it's a small independent show or one of the major companies in a big giant pay per view. Seeing professional wrestling live and in person is such a such a huge thing. You know, being one of those fans, and uh, whether you know, no matter what it was, whether you know it's something crazy like I talked about, whether they drop the rock in your lap, or if you're in the top row of the of the upper deck, I mean, it. If you're at a good show, it's just a it's just a tremendous experience. So, I'm really jealous that you and both you and Aaron have had the opportunity to do ring announcing and and commentary um, uh, throughout the years. When it comes to, I would have loved to have that opportunity, but. Um, Unfortunately, have not, but uh, I have had the opportunity to be at a lot of live events and see a lot of really cool things happen, and I don't take any of those for granted. But uh, great job on your four questions there, Mr. Zaka. We'll um, try to see if I can do just as well as you did. All right. Well, I know you just talked about um, Billy Gunn dropping the rock in your lap, so that'll be a good transition to this <laughs> question. Um, I'm assuming that that may be one of the best in-person, in-ring moments that you have had as a fan. But what is your favorite 
out of the ring in-person interaction that you have had with a wrestler if you've had one? Man, there, there are two that stand out the most, maybe three. And um, so I'm going to talk about all three. I'll talk about two of them briefly and then lead up to what I think is my favorite. And the, my buddy Josh uh, Pettyjohn, who I refer to on here as my uh, fact checker, he's going to love this one because uh, after I talked about uh, The Rock uh, being dropped in my lap in the ring, um, he on Facebook he asked me if that was the same match where um, – like the picture, if the picture with um, uh, the Fink was at the same match with The Rock, and I said no, they're you know two different things. I said, but at the one with the with the Fink, um, I actually saved The Rock as he was getting out of the ring because he had the mic cord wrapped around his ankle, and he said, well, that makes I guess that makes you and The Rock best friends at this point. And I said, well, that's interesting. I said because out of the ring one time, I ran into The Rock at a World Gym, and. Um, I got up the nerve to go over and talk to him, and I thought to myself, okay, this guy gets asked constantly. He's a, this is at the heyday of his of when he is uh, doing the thing where he'd look at people and tell them, it doesn't matter what The Rock says or what, yeah. what your name is. Sorry, that's what he'd say. It doesn't matter what your name is uh, to people. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go up to this guy, and I'm not going to ask him about wrestling. I said, because if I do that, you know, he's either going to – embarrass me or he's just not going to want to talk to me so i said i gotta figure out a way to make a connection with this guy so i go up and instead of asking him about himself you know i ask him if he um has seen a, a person i know he knows and that is a, a mutual friend of ours of me and the rock and that's a guy named yatiel green and i went to school with yatiel yatiel played football uh for the university of miami and for the miami dolphins at the same time the rock played the university of miami and i knew oh that. wow I knew that because I watched a lot of Miami football in those days, not because I'm a fan, but because of Yatiel. I wanted to see Yatiel play. And at the time, and I, I don't know if he still holds this record or not, but Yatiel is the fastest receiver to ever played at the University of Miami. And uh, so I wanted to see him play. And at the same time, Dwayne Johnson was on the team. So I know that. So I go up to, to The Rock and I say, hey, you know, um, I, a friend of mine played football with you at Miami, and I've kind of lost track of him. I'm wondering if you've seen – Yatiel Green anytime recently and he looked at me like really like I guess everybody else had probably asked him about wrestling we went on to have a long conversation about Miami football and thank goodness I had watched a lot of Miami football from that era because he's t saying things and as you know we're talking Miami football from that time he says to me he goes he says now wait a second he goes Yatiel played football he's from florida and i said well, yeah i said i grew up in florida lake city florida and uh went to columbia high school i said i actually went to you know school yatil from about third second second grade on i think um and uh he was like he goes well what brings you to kentucky and i was like well yeah, i came up here to go to university of kentucky and i kind of kept it simple you know and so we got the it was really cool to just have a real conversation with him at that time and um so he says uh, he says to me he goes Yatil and I get our hair cut at the same place. He said, next time I see him, I'm going to tell him. He asked me my name, and I said, he goes, I'm going to tell him I saw Rick Carr up in uh, Kentucky. And I'm like, wow. You do that. Now, I don't have any idea if he did or if he was just being super nice. But, man, he was he was super nice to me and uh, uh, had a really nice conversation there and with him. So, so well, Josh Petty, John, yes, The Rock and I are BFFs at that point. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> 
just an interesting reaction. The second one I would go to would be uh, uh, my buddy Adam and I went to a book signing with um, Rowdy Roddy Piper. And uh, it was at Joseph Beth Booksellers here in Lexington and a book, a, a autobiography type book of, of Piper had just come out and he was coming to Joseph Beth for a signing. And we thought the way they had it set up, they had us all in chairs like he was going to speak to us from a podium. When he gets there, he uh, shows up and is he and his son, I believe, and they come. Um, he comes up to the podium. He literally says, I'm not here to talk to you as a group. I'm here to talk to you one on one. Make a line, and I'm going to talk to every single person here one-on-one. I'm more comfortable with it. And so we all get in a line. Well, Adam and I kind of work our way towards the back of the line because we don't want to you know, be rushed by the people behind us. So mm-hmm. he kind of goes to the different people. He gets up to us, and we, you know, we had the book and stuff. He signs our books for us and everything. We got to stand there and have a really neat conversation with, um, with, uh, with Roddy Piper. And... Um, I'll post a pic of it if I can find I know where the book is. I know I can find it. But um, that's all I have is the book. I don't have a picture of us with uh, Ronnie. I wish I did. I wish cell phones had been around like they are now. And he took pictures of everything, but they just weren't. But um, he signed my book. I'll never uh, never forget the inscription says, uh, uh, to Rick, stay strong, Roddy Piper. And uh, I like that a lot, being a guy who's into, you know, being fit and teaching other people to be physically fit and stuff like that. It's uh, yeah. cool. So. But yeah, he spent a lot of time with us, just stood there and talked with us and stuff. It was way cooler than if he had stood behind that podium and talked and then just signed our book. So um, that was a really cool experience with, with him. But to tell you, my favorite, my favorite is Brian Knobs and from the Nasty Boys. And it's my favorite because I was actually, the first time I saw Brian Knobs live and in person, not in the ring, was in, in an airport. I believe it was the Atlanta airport. Um, we were on our way either to or from Orlando. I think we were going to Orlando. And we were in the Atlanta airport. And I walk into the restroom. And I'm using the restroom. And I look <laughs> look next to me as this, this imposing figure comes to the uh, right next to me in the restroom. And so, you know, I look over and it's Brian Knobs. Well, I'm not going to say anything, you know, in the restroom to, a, to another person. I'm going to keep my man etiquette correct, you know. And I'm not going to say and in the restroom. So I, you know, I leave, wash my hands, walk back out. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting for my wife to come back out of the restroom because I'm so excited. I want to tell her, you know, I just saw Brian on. You know, I just saw Brian on. And uh, so he walks out of the restroom and starts heading down the, down the, um, you know, I don't know what you call it. I'm not, I can't think of any words right now. But um, he starts walking away. And so she comes out and I'm like, you'll never believe it if I just saw him in the restroom, you know. Brian Knobs, and she's like, well, I hope you didn't speak to him in the restroom. And I'm like, well, no, of course, of course I didn't. That would just be, you know, wrong. I gave the man his privacy, but I was super excited that that I, you know, had seen him live and in person. So fast forward a little while, and I'm at a at Comic-Con in Lexington, and a good buddy of mine, Jason Sturgill, had a had a booth there. He's a tremendous artist, and um, uh, he had a booth there. And I'm standing there hanging out with uh, Jason at his booth. He's like, you know, he knows I'm a big wrestling fan. He's like, hey, you know, the wrestlers are in the aisle right behind us. He's like, you should go over there and, you know, meet some of the wrestlers. So I walk around over behind the next aisle, and there's Dan Brian Knobs. My wife's with me, and we walk over to him, and, um, you know, and I stood there and start talking. And I wanted a picture with him. I really don't, you know, I'm not big into the autographs and stuff, but I really like to get the pictures with the wrestlers. And um, 
I was like, you know, I really want a picture with you and, and so forth. Well, he's like, you know, obviously he's there to get paid. So he's, uh, you know, we're negotiating price and whatnot about how much to get my picture taken with him. And I tell him, I said, you know, this isn't the first time we've uh, been around each other. And he's like, what are you talking about? So I tell him the story about being <laughs> next to him in the restroom in the Atlanta airport. And so he then steps back and he announces to the entire like place at full volume that I am the most polite wrestling fan to ever walk the earth. And uh, like he introduces me to everyone around as the most polite wrestling fan. And he looks at me and he says, you know, he says, brother, you, you won't believe how many people have asked to either shake my hand or want to talk to me in the restroom. Oh my gosh. And he's like, he's like, well, you know, I want to say, look, can I at least wash my hands first? <laughs> you know, like he's like, and, and you just, you didn't, you know? And, uh, so we laughed about it and he thought that was hilarious, you know, that I told him that story. So then, you know, next thing I know, we're taking pictures wearing his ring gear. He got a big kick out of the fact my wife asked him if, if, um, if I could wear his ensemble <laughs> and he's talking about his vest that says nasty boys, you know, and his glasses and stuff. And he got yeah. a kick out of it. He said, wow, it's an ensemble. That sounds really fancy. He's like, I call it ring gear, but ensemble makes it seem so much more, um, you know, uh, you know, fancy or whatever he said. And he got a big mm -hmm. kick out of that. And, uh, we took a bunch of pictures with him. He took pictures. He says, you know, I'm like, he's put me in a chokehold and, and stuff and took pictures with me and my wife and everything. It was just super nice uh, uh, experience. And it was just, just, just really cool. And I'll forever uh, enjoy having that opportunity to meet Brian Mobs in, in that situation. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I've actually met The Rock, too. Um, I know when he was making the movie The Wa uh, Walking Tall, I don't know if you remember that movie he was in, that movie is actually based out of the East Tennessee area near where I live. So his movie premiere was at the movie theater at West Town Mall in Knoxville. Um, so I got a ticket to, do, to go do that. Um, he came there and spoke. Um, and then after he was done speaking, of course, because this is when he started doing the movies and stuff, and after, after he was transitioning out of wrestling, he was famous. Um, he, or he still is famous, but that's when he was, you know, starting to really get well known outside of the wrestling world. Um, I bought a ticket to the movie premiere. Everybody went to go watch the movie, and I kind of hung back where he went, went back after um, he got done speaking. And I was like, I don't care less about the movie. I just want to meet The Rock. So um, I was able to wait around, and he actually peeked out of the window to see if everybody was gone and saw me standing there. Um, and I was able to get a picture with him and, and, and talk to him and, and stuff like that. So he's a really nice guy. Um, I think every wrestler I've met has just been really nice. You know, met William Regal, uh, Kane, Ric Flair, Steen, um, just really, really great guys. And um, I, I don't think I've ever met a wrestler that's just not, not nice in person. Um, just really, really great guys. All right, so next question. Um, who are your top five favorite wrestlers? Um, and what I want you to do is I want you to start at five and then go up to your number one, if you think you can do that. That's a, that's a tough on the spot, because I'm sure I'll leave one out. 
here or there that, you know, uh, that I, I'll go back and I'll wish I, I mentioned this person or wish I mentioned that one. So I'm going to try to work my way five to one as best I can um, and, and see how I do. Um, probably fifth coming in, and I hope I don't regret putting him this low because I'll probably end up wanting to put him a little higher. Um, but I always enjoyed Eddie Guerrero. Um, yeah. I, I, I always found him to just be a tremendous in-ring performer. I am drawn to the guys who are a little bit small, smaller in the business because of my personal stature and, and wanting, you know, eyes wanting to see guys, you know, built more like me to, to be successful in the business. And for him to take the style of wrestling he did and put it into the major corporations, the WCW and WWE, and then wrestle all the way up the top of the card and, um, you know, compete at such a high level, but not just that. He always just entertained me. Like all mm-hmm. the characters, his work with China and the WWE, his uh, just it, it was always just so entertaining outside the ring, and then so technical in it. And and guys who can do those two things, just you know, to me, that's what makes the show. Is when you can be super entertaining outside the ring and super technical inside the ring. The whole his matches weren't gimmick matches and showy matches they were wrestling matches but his yeah. side the ring stuff just drew you into the character he was playing and um you know and just really um really made for a, a really entertaining show whatever he was on and whatever he was doing um so that takes me down that takes me to four um my fourth is going to be a little interesting you mentioned him earlier and that might be why it's in my head but another guy I always enjoyed watching his Booker T. And I was lucky enough during the Monday Night Wars, I got to go to Nitro in Louisville. And Booker T wrestled Chris Jericho with that show. Oh, wow. My two favorites. (laughs) Yeah, the Lionheart Chris Jericho versus like a classic Booker T. Like Harlem, just coming out of Harlem Heat, uh, Booker T, and they had just started pushing him as a singles guy. And um, some and you want to talk about just a solid, solid match. Just everything about it was so like I won't say perfect, but just because I mean I, they would probably criticize it if they watched it back. But it just was just an awesome match. I, I think it was a TV title match. I can't remember exactly. Like I said, I'm not really good at, at the exact facts on things, but um, man, just just a tremendous match. I always enjoyed watching Booker T in the ring. I loved him in Harlem Heat uh, with Stevie Ray, and then I, I, you know, I loved him as a singles wrestler in WCW and then in the WWE to take the King Booker. I've always been a huge King of the Ring fan, and I'm, I may be one of the only ones, I don't know, but I just love this, the concept. And when guys can take that King of the Ring win and turn it into something just awesome, like what yeah. like Booker T did, and take it into King Booker and just I don't know. I just I've I've thought found him to always be super entertaining, super just athletic and great in the ring too. Uh, just another guy I really really enjoy watching. So I put him at four. That gets me to three. Um, this is where it gets really tough. Um, I'm gonna uh, probably put three. I'm gonna go with Bret Hart. Um, Bret Hart is a guy that I always found fun to watch. Some people get irritated with his characters here and there. Uh, but I've always really enjoyed Brett's work. 
Um, his, his technical work in the ring is just probably unparalleled in my opinion. Um, I got to see Brett live a few times. I saw him at a house show in, in Lexington really early on and be going to events with Adam. It might have been our first live event uh, together. We sat right on the ring post um, and Brett did an interview from outside the ring. Uh, he was a heel at the time. And uh, I can remember uh, I had my camera with me and you know, this is back in the time of like disposable cameras and it had the flash on. And he's in the middle of his uh, heel promo and I take a picture of him and the flash goes off and it kind of broke his train of thought. And he turned and gave me this just really dirty look, stayed in character and just gave me this really dirty look like, how dare you? You know, take a picture of me right in the middle of this interview, right in the middle of uh, this promo. And, uh, like, it was just exciting. It was, it, I don't know it's crazy, but it was super exciting to me that he reacted to something I did. Because um, at the time, I mean, he is the champion. He's the WWE champ, WWF champion at the time. And uh, just a great show. That show as well, the, um, the Rocks and the um, Nation of Domination. And that show. Oh, wow. I've got a tremendous picture of the nation. Uh, with the rock in it, with this Farouk and the rock and uh, um, the Godfather, who at that time is Kama Mustafa and um, and D'Lo Brown. So um, just a really cool time, time in wrestling right then uh, to be at a, a show. So I take Brett third. Um, second, I'm going to go with all-time favorites. Second, I'm going. This is where it gets really tough. Being one and two for me. Um, I'm going to go with two being Ric Flair and nope, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to cheat is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to put <laughs> two, I'm going to put Flair and Steamboat together. Okay. Um, and that's because as a kid, in my mind, that's what wrestling was, was Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat. And, uh, so as a kid, I thought, there was nothing better than watching Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat wrestle. And um, so to me, you can't have one without the other. Some people are such big Flair fans, and he's a, he is just the icon of wrestling. And uh, he's not on everybody's Mount Rushmore. Then don't, they don't understand what that means, I think, when it comes to all-out wrestling. But, um, but to me, that's they go hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, some of their matches, if you get a chance to get on the network and go back and watch Flair and Steamboat stuff, just just tremendous in-ring work, just telling a story with the moves. Um, you know who the bad guy is and who the good guy is, and you know, and Flair's begging for mercy and uh, and then, you know, cheating to win. And it was just, he made you hate him and Steamboat made you love him. And it just was a just an amazing time. And that, to me, is as a kid, that was wrestling, was Steamboat and Flair. So I cheated a little bit there. So I could sneak in my number one, and that's Dusty Rhodes. Uh, oh yeah, Dusty Rhodes to me is is professional wrestling. Like the promos uh, that draw you in, Hard Times promo. I won't won't do the Hard Times promo for you, but uh, I, I I can go back and watch it over and over and over, and um, how he would just draw you into whatever the story he was on. And this is the time when, you know, you're not doing a lot of vignettes and you're not doing, telling stories with a lot of anything else besides interviews and in-ring work. The backstage interview and the in-the-ring action. And 
he could get you believing everything. You know, I, I just I just thought the world of, of, of Dusty Rhodes uh, as a kid and even as an adult and go back, I've probably, I've probably wasted, not wasted, but spent so many hours watching Dusty Rhodes stuff on the WWE Network, on DVDs, on so forth. Just, um, just he, he'll always be my number one favorite wrestler. Yeah, those, that's, that's definitely a good, uh, good top five there. I agree with you on a lot of those. Um, those are some good ones. I mean, I'm okay. Leaving, I'm oh, sorry, out, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just leaving out so many guys that I enjoy watching. I mean, so many from LOD, who's my favorite tag team of all time, to, you know, Shawn Michaels, who, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, took a, got his entire career has just always been super entertaining and, uh, just mm-hmm. tremendous in-ring worker. Just so many um, guys that I have so much respect for. Narrowing it down to those top five was, was very difficult. That was a very tough question. All right, so these last two kind of go hand-in-hand, hand and uh, they're a little bit more complex. So, um, But I, I, think, I, think we, I think you could tackle them. I think you could tackle them. So here is number three. How do you feel about uh, WWE's current product and them cutting wrestlers and staff like Rusev, Anderson, Anderson and Gallows, um, Fit Finley, and other folks while they are paying um, Goldberg and Brock Lesnar ridiculous amounts of money to stay on contract when a lot of fans may think, oh, why not give some of these younger guys a chance or try to push some of these younger guys um, that they're so fixated on Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Um, I saw an interesting stat the other day, or uh, interesting bit of information the other day, that said Goldberg's contract this year is worth $3 million and Lesnar's is worth $16 million. When Vince, um, everybody that Vince cut, the combined contracts for those people were just $6 million. So how do you feel about that? And um, do, do you think that the fans... Um, do you think that the WWE product really should be focused on some of the older wrestlers like Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, or do you think that cutting the individuals or furloughing the individuals that they did was vital um, to keep them afloat? That's a good question. I, I'm not going to – I don't, I don't want to pretend to know a ton about the, the um, you know – the intricacies of the contracts or things like that. It's probably a lot to do with how contracts are written, which yeah. ones they can get out of, uh, which ones they can't, and how the contract is worded and so forth like that. There's so much legal stuff goes on with with the contract situation that it's probably a little more complicated than them just want, getting to keep who they want and getting rid of who they want. Um, so I will say that firsthand. I also won't blame anyone for signing a three million or 16 million dollar contract um, yeah <laughs> if, if somebody comes to me and says hey we want to give you a 16 million dollar i'm not gonna go well i'm too old for that you should give that to somebody else <laughs> uh, i'm not gonna pretend i would i would uh, i would certainly take the 16 million i also think that the lesnar thing in, intrigues me because i think lesnar has a lot left i think he has more than just suplex matches left in him. I think he could be doing more. I think this is a character that they're having him, you know, having him do. And it's 
what they want. I think that Paul Heyman's done a great job, uh, you know, as the handler or whatever you want to call him, as the advocate. There it is for Brock uh, Lesnar. I think that it has been entertaining at times. It has gone on a bit long um, and eaten up the universal title a lot. Um, and the fans get frustrated when the title's not defended, and that that does get frustrating. So yeah. I can see that. I can see where a promotion would see a Lesnar and know what he can do, and he can do so much more than just suplex people in the ring um, and go, wow, I want to build my federation around that guy. Um, I just hate that the current character is suplexes, and that's it, and mm-hmm. not all the other amazing things that I know Brock can do in the ring. Um, so that side of the product, which I would blame not more on WWE's product than on Lesnar himself, I don't like very much. Um, the Goldberg thing is a little different. I'm thinking that, you know, a lot, I know a lot of the Saudi Arabia stuff, they were really wanting the wrestlers that they think is iconic type wrestlers on their shows. And they were wanting that, and WWE was providing it because it was a huge contract for them. So they yeah. want the Hogan's and the Goldberg's and so forth. So I get that. I see where, where that led to, to them going and getting Goldberg and bringing him back. And I think there are, it's, there's been some good things come out of that, some great interviews on the network and stuff with Goldberg and, and a chance for him to kind of rewrite some of the wrongs that happened to his career when WCW failed and, and he ended up over in WWE. And, you know, and it, it just didn't work out that time around and, and things didn't go so well um, because he was a big part of the Monday Night Wars and in WWE yeah. at that time, so he earned his spot in in with that legacy, and it's been nice to see him get an opportunity to to kind of like I said, right some of those wrongs. So I don't blame him either, but it does intrigue me that you know the the current fan of WWE isn't isn't wanting to see that match as much. They're wanting to see these young guys be pushed. So. I think that WWE's missing the boat some by always promoting those matches. I don't know how much of that is Fox, the Fox relationship, the, like I said, the contract with um, Saudi Arabia contract that they signed. I don't know. There's just so much that goes into it. Um, but I don't like that the fact that they furloughed and cut all these people to save $6 million when they do have these big contracts out there. Um, you know, that's, that is that's a very interesting statistic to look at and there were so many guys and 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 girls that got cut in that that um you know are going to struggle to find another place to land AEW can't take everybody and shouldn't yeah uh some are going to end up back in independent promotions and they'll work their ways back up or they'll find their niche here and there but i just would hate to see you know people completely out of the business because of this situation when i know like you said like one guy's Eating, or two guys together eating up $19 million. Um, maybe there could have been some renegotiations uh, to get through this time a little better. But I also know the WWE is in a tough situation. They've had the XFL fail again. They've had, uh, yeah, they just had signed big contracts with Fox, and um, now all of a sudden they don't really have the live product they once had because of the uh, pandemic. So it's just a, a really tough situation for everybody. Um, 
including big corporations. And people don't like to hear that. People don't like to sympathize with big corporations because they, you know, you have all this money and so forth. But they've got to figure out a way to survive it, get to the other side of it, and rebuild just like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And then uh, to go back kind of on what you were saying with the XFL being being a football fan, as we talked about, I don't know if you watched any of the XFL, but I thought it was great. And when that news broke um, a couple weeks ago that they weren't planning on bringing it back, I was really disappointed because I think Vince actually put forth a better product with the XFL this time around than he, than he did with his first attempt. I definitely agree with that. I mean, this was a a true league designed to build new NFL players, you know, as an opportunity. And I thought it, I thought it came off great on TV. I thought it, it was, it was fun to watch. It was was great to see Austin McGinnis, uh, you know, get the kick and, and then sign a contract in the NFL. So, you know, good things came of it, hopefully. But unfortunately, it did lose a lot of money, and it's probably going to end up having a negative impact on WWE as a big corporation. Yeah. I love the oh. sideline interview thing. The what? Sorry? Oh, the sideline interviews? Yeah. That was a great concept. I hope the NFL <laughs> learned something from some of that. Yeah, I, I think they did a lot of things that were, that were really good for the sport of football. Um, and I just I hated to see them in the way they did. And I honestly think if it wasn't for the pandemic, um, if it wasn't for COVID nineteen, that they were they they were in a good situation to really be successful this time around. Yeah, and I also think that you know it was the first time one of these leagues has come along that seemed to be generating quality interest um, because of because of the product they were putting out. So it is very disappointing to see it be yet another casualty of this situation. But, you know, I, I also worry that we would have got to the end of the first season and if it, you know, it wasn't making money. So, you know, the plan was to hopefully make money in about three years if it, mm-hmm. went, if it went over right. And it just, it's just like so many things just hit at the really wrong time um, because of, you know, because of the, because of COVID-19. It's just, like I said, I think it's just going to be another casualty of it, and it's going to have repercussions, you know, throughout all of WWE. And unfortunately for some of those guys who were looking really good, hopefully, you know, they at least got something on tape and some NFL teams check it out or maybe Canadian Football League teams check it out, and, and it leads to something for them. Yeah, I, I know, um, like I said, I follow football pretty closely. I know a couple of the guys – um, that were on the XFL actually got signed on to some NFL contracts. I think um, like one of the quarterbacks, I don't remember which team he was on, but he was kind of like a Lamar Jackson, like a diet Lamar Jackson um, for the XFL. Uh, he got signed with a team. I think the leader in sacks in the XFL actually got signed by an NFL team. So um, there is some good to come out of it, but, you really hate to see them fail the way they did under the current circumstances. Definitely. All right. So last question for you kind of builds on question number three. Um, do you think that AEW with their current product has the potential to start a new wrestling war with the WWE? And if so, does it have the potential to be bigger than the Monday Night Wars, especially with Triple H soon taking the reins over of the WWE. Well, I mean, Triple H just recently got demoted in WWE, so 
I don't know if, if that'll come to fruition or not. Um, there's actually, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. There's actually a huge rumor going around right now. Zeb Coulter, um, actually floated this rumor, uh, in the last couple days. And that is that Vince is looking to sell the WWE, not just the rights to WrestleMania or to some of the big pay-per-views, which was all, which was a known to be happening that he was looking to sell the rights to WrestleMania and maybe some other of the major pay-per-views to places like Fox, ESPN, ABC, kind of shopping those around, but that he's actually shopping the entire um, product around. So that would be, you know, if that's true, and, you know, I don't know if I need, you know, to listen to Zeb Coulter or not. Um, Dutch Mantel was a great character, but um, uh, if that, you know, if that turns out to be true and the product is going to be sold to a major network like an ABC or a Fox or an ESPN, that would change this whole question tremendously. Um, so that would put WWE in a situation similar to what WCW was in when they were owned by Ted Turner. And when you're yeah. on a network, the network executives have so much say. And right now, you know, Vince has all the say, you know, no matter what anybody else says, uh, Vince has the final say. Um, and if that's taken away, the product would probably change tremendously. Some people might argue it would change for the better. Uh, it just all depend on what executives are making those decisions. If we get to keep on certain people, then it, it might take you know a new direction that would be great. And you know, and if the network has too much say, it could end up being something that you know, we don't recognize as WWE. But with that being said, to get to your actual question about AEW, I think they have a viable product. I think they're putting putting forth a really solid wrestling product. Um, they have some good financial backing behind them they've been able to pick up some names that people recognize um even under slightly different names obviously huge gifts like jericho um uh, moxley uh more, more recently um jack hager jack hager and harper luke harper um Brody lee um so they've picked up a few guys that some of us out there thought weren't getting their fair share in wwe and needed that opportunity to kind of shine and do some stuff on their own and show some new character and, uh, you know, and, and, and showcase their in-ring talent. So that's really cool. And that they, I think they've done a good job of picking and choosing who they go after and, uh, not just kind of like, and like I said, taking in everybody that, you know, WWE releases, um, they've got a little ways to go in their women's division. Um, WWE's made huge strides in that. In fact, I would probably give that be their best accomplishment in the last uh, probably five years has been a tremendous uh, improvement in uh, women's wrestling and uh, on WWE's products. So um, AEW's got a little ways to go there. They've got some tremendous talent in that area. It's just getting the the story the right storylines and the correct um, you know getting get, gaining the interest there. Uh, like WWE was able to do, you know, kind of with the women's revolution and so forth. Um, but they certainly have some tremendous talent um, in that area. Their storylines are interesting. The stuff with the Dark Order is interesting. The stuff, uh, you know, it's just they're putting together a really, really solid product. Now, do I want them to move the Monday nights and go head-to-head with WWE? I don't. I, I really don't. I think, I think it's best to stay away from Monday nights uh, for a variety of reasons. WWE takes a hit every year when Monday Night Football starts up, when it comes to ratings. Um, why put another product for the same demographic on the same night? That just is dumb business to me. 
Um, you know, if you go back to the Monday Night Wars time, uh, yeah, that was a tremendous time. But I'm just with so many choices on TV as it is and so many streaming choices and so forth now, I don't see why you would go head to head with your best competition. The really only reason would be if you're trying to put them out of business. And I think the business is better with both. Um, I agree. So I don't think you want to you want to do that. That's my personal opinion, and I don't think there's any reason to go head to head and create a Monday Night War. I do think there could be an exciting time of who can hold the wrestling fans' interest the best and make it more of that competition. And it could still be a ratings war, but it doesn't have to be at the same time and on the you know on the same night. So if I'm if I'm AEW, I stick to Wednesdays. Yeah, you're going up against NXT, but that's a little bit uh, different product. Um, so when it comes to, you know, WWE, so I think it, it, it could get intriguing for sure. Um, we're going to have to get out of this time to where we have fans watching uh, and fans in the stands, you know, and to get more eyes on it. But uh, I certainly think they can they can put forth a product they've shown. They can put forth an entertaining product, a good product, um, mixture of young talent with, you know, guys who have a lot of uh, experience and um you know, make it in, enjoyable to watch. Um, they really, I don't think they need to be referencing WWE. They don't need to be making it about beating WWE. They need to focus, and uh, which I think they have, on their product and making it the best product they can put out. And I think they've done that. Yeah, I agree. I'll be, um, I'll be interested to see, too. I know Fit Finley, I'm pretty sure, had a big, big um, role in the women's revolution of the WWE. I'll be interested to see now if um, AEW tries to pick him up to help them out with their women's division. Yeah, I'd actually talk a little bit about that in, um, I think, uh, Greg's episode, the very first episode of these four questions. He asked me who I would take if I could pick up one of the people they released, and that's what I said. I said I'd pick up um, Fit Finley, and yeah. I, I, if I'm AEW, and I would see if he can do the same thing with their women's division. And I also mentioned Serena Deeb, who they released as well as a uh, trainer, who's had a big impact on the on the women of WWE's you know, success. So um, it would be interesting. I just don't know. I have to. I don't have the in, insight to know um, if those people were released or if they were furloughed, which are two mm-hmm. very things. You know if um, my, my, I, I want to say more than likely, I don't know, but I, I would think that people like trainers and stuff like that might not be independent contractors. They might be employees. And if they are, then they could have been furloughed, which is much different than being released. So, and if that's the case, then they'll be back when the training center reopens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think my biggest surprise of, of the released talent that WWE released was Rusev. He was he was loved by the fans so much and he was one of my favorites currently well, I guess you can't say currently now, but you know what I mean, just one of the more recent guys um wrestling and um what I'm really surprised with is they kept Lana on contract, um with with Rusev off contract. I I don't know what they're trying to do. That's what they're trying to do there. I just, I'm really surprised they let Rusev go. Um, I know he was gone for a while. He left, got back in really, really good shape, came back, um, looked really good. 
just really surprises that they let him go, especially with how over he was with the fans. Yeah, um, I, feel, I feel like the, um, the Rusev Day stuff was super over with Aiden English and Lana. Um, mm-hmm. The storylines with Bobby Lashley, not so much. Um, yeah. But uh, the Lana thing is interesting, and it might have something to do with her diva being on the Total Divas show um, or something else within her contract that, you know, they felt like they could keep her on. But uh, like I said, I don't know. There's so much that goes into who they decide gets released and who they decide doesn't. And it's usually, you know, fans usually take it a little more personally, um, but I'm sure they approach it more from the business end. But yeah, I just... I've been a little frustrated with the current WWE product, but, you know, that's an ebb and flow throughout all of the time I've watched WWE. There's been times that, you know, I uh, haven't liked the product, and then they do something surprising and and draw me right back in. So I'm hoping that happens really soon. Yes, I agree. Zach, I've I've enjoyed uh, the four questions. You you gave me four pretty tough ones, put me on the spot there. I I enjoy that. Um, I'll be contemplating that top five wrestler one for a while. And uh, like I said, coming up constantly with ones that I, I left out of there. But um, I really enjoyed it. And I really uh, I want to thank you for um, coming on. Um, I know you have a, a, a Twitch account, right, that you uh, play Madden on? Yeah, so um, I have a Twitch account. It's called Madden and More Man. Um, actually kind of got the name from one of my favorites, Chris Jericho, because you know how he was like, drink it in, man. Um, Madden and more, man. So um, I'll play, I play Madden. I play NBA 2K, um, some Star Wars Battlefront, just different things, um, just like tiny gaming adventures. Um, check it out on Twitch. I uh, also have a YouTube. It's Madden and more, man. Um, check it out and um, check it out for some awesome stuff. Awesome. You got to recently play in a, in, in a 2K tournament with the – uh, for UK, right? Yeah, so I played um, round the 64 um, Hoops at Home UK basketball tournament um, played through in, um, sorry, played through NBA 2K. Uh, won in the first round of 64, moved on to 32 and lost. Um, unfortunately, the Denver Nuggets on 2K are not as good as they are in real life, and they're my favorite team. I uh, thought I was going to stick with my squad through the whole tournament, but ended up losing in the round of 32. Um, but it's still fun, still had fun being able to connect with some old alumni and um, and play. Uh, funny thing is, I actually would have played NBA um, NBA player Kevin Knox if he would have won in the round of 32, and I would have round would have won in the round of 32, but we both ended up losing. Um, so that, that was just a fun experience, um, really trying to build up my gaming channel and um, just make some connections, have some fun during this crazy time in the world right now. Now, who won, ended up winning that tournament? Was it uh, 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 Emmanuel Quickly? I'm not sure who won. I'll be honest with you. Um, I quickly lost track of the, of the bracket after I was ousted. Um, but I know, I know I watched Emmanuel play, um, some of the games that happened before mine. He, he was, he's good. Uh, he, he played with Golden State Warriors, had Curry and just shoot threes all the time. Um, he went by 20, 30 points. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was the one that actually won the whole thing, but I'm honestly not quite sure. I believe he did. I think I saw, I think he actually said it on TV that he had won it. So, 
that's pretty cool. But yeah, man, um, awesome. Uh, get out there and check out uh, Zach's page uh, or Zach's uh, Twitch channel. Um, and uh, you're a big uh, gamer or uh, Tiny's Adventures as well. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy some of that. But Zach, once again, thank you, buddy, for uh, joining me here today. I've enjoyed talking wrestling with you and uh, seeing where it led us on our four questions. And uh, our fans out there, if you're listening, be sure to be following us on Facebook and Twitter at King of the Cast. Uh, sending us some questions we could ask each other in these four questions episodes. Or also, if you want to be a guest on King of the Cast, four questions, uh, send me a message and I'll see how I can work it out. So anyway, thanks everybody for listening. And that does it for another episode of Four Questions here on King of the Cast. Be sure to be following us on Facebook and Twitter at King of the Cast, sending us questions and comments. If you'd like to be a guest on Four Questions, please uh, send me a message and we'll see what we can work out. Hopefully these episodes are filling the void during the pandemic and I'm looking forward to the entire cast being back together so that we can crown a new King of the Cast.